grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day where you have given us opportunity to hear your word. We pray that you would lead us by that word, guide us by your spirit to uh, hear your word and have it sink deep within our hearts. We pray that you continually point us uh, to the truth of your son, Jesus, of the love and forgiveness that you have for us through him. In his name we pray. Amen. One of the hardest things to handle sometimes when you walk into a restaurant is when you walk in and you see folks waiting on the side and you see a couple of folks uh, being served and you see open tables there and everything seems like it's going to work out well. And you walk up to the host stand and uh, say, we have a party of four, we'd like to be sat now. And the host says, no, I'm sorry, there's no room. You say, wait. I can see tables right over there. And they say, no, those are reserved. Those aren't for you. You need to wait. It's hard to wrap our heads around sometimes because it seems like there's plenty of room. It seems like we could walk in and be served right now. And more often than not, we want to be served right now. We want to be taken care of right now. I remember a particular instance where just that scenario happened. Guests had walked in, and the host tried as best as possible to explain to them that they were not going to be served in the way that they wanted to be served if they took it immediately and had that table right now, because that table was reserved for someone else who was coming in not a very long time. The guests kind of pushed their way through, sat down at the table. It's not far from what we may do in other facets of life at times. I mean, consider the different times in life where that desire to have something immediately, that desire to have either the promotion or the reputation or the money or whatever the case may be, to be in that place of prominence, to have that desire to grasp onto that earlier than maybe we should. It's not too far from just forcing away in and sitting at a reserved table be in a job position somewhere and have an offer of a promotion come up and you have to wrestle with a couple of things. You have to wrestle with whether or not that promotion is really a good thing. I mean, maybe it's going to pull you away from family obligations. Maybe it's going to put you in a position of having to move and pull kids out of school. Maybe it's going to put you into a position where it is not going to serve the family and all of life well, but it's hard to pass by. Because it would be a position of prominence. It would be a position where you're lifted up a bit. Those things are hard to wrestle with. I know at one point I was working and had things set up that were taking care of the family well. And I was given an offer to go help run a kitchen and move a restaurant from one place to another. And I really wanted to do that. I didn't quite listen to my family well enough. I didn't quite sit patiently enough. And agreed to go do it. That position lasted about 30 days. And then we were left with nothing. And that was hard to handle. See, it was a moment of grasping for something that I probably shouldn't have. Now, James and John are grasping also. See, 
Jesus has been walking with them, and now as we get to this point, this is the third time that he's letting them know what it's going to look like for the Son of Man, what it's going to look like for him to suffer and to be delivered up to the chief priests and the scribes, and that they are going to condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And right there, you've got to imagine James and John's mind saying, wait a minute, you're the Messiah, the anointed one. You're not going to fall into the hands of the Gentiles. You've come to lift us out of the oppression of the Gentiles. So their minds are going in a completely different direction at this point. But delivered over to the Gentiles, to then be mocked, spit upon, flogged and scourged and killed. Again, James and John saying, no, you're not going to be killed. That's not the way this works, Jesus. And Jesus then fills out for them a little bit more. And we'll rise again. But at this point, you can imagine James and John's minds are going somewhere else, not even hearing really what Jesus is saying. So they come up to him. They say, hey, Jesus, when you come into your glory, how about you let us sit on your left and your right? How about you let us sit in those places of counsel? How about you let us sit in those places of prominence so that we can be there in the leadership section as we are served by all those that are coming in? We've been with you in the inner circle in so many settings right now. You've obviously drawn us close to you. You're raising us up for this particular purpose. So how about you set us aside and set those seats aside on your right and left so that we can sit there and be there with you in your glory. Grasping for something before it's really ready for them. Grasping for something that they can't even really wrap their heads around. And Jesus lets them know that as he says, you have no idea what you're asking for. And actually, truthfully, it's not even mine to give to you. But those positions are for whom they've already been appointed for. Boys, those seats are reserved. You've got to wait. You've got to deal with some of the suffering and the waiting. You may not want to because you want to pass by the suffering and go straight to the glory and you know, just move right past all the things that you don't want and have a little bit more of an immediate gratification. But you boys are going to have to wait because those seats are reserved. Those customers that came into the restaurant and sat themselves down demanded service. So as the server came over, very politely said, I see you're sitting here, this table is reserved, and you've got 30 minutes. And the guest said, no, we're sitting here. So you can serve us as we want to be served. We'll take our time. And they proceeded to order about four courses worth of food that, you know, an enjoyable pace would take a solid hour and a half, maybe even two hours to work through. So the first course came out. 25 minutes had gone by and the server came over and said, it's time to go. And they said, no. So the server went over and grabbed the manager and they both walked over with the next three courses packed up into go boxes and the check and said, here you go. Here's all the food you've ordered. It's time for you to leave. These seats are not for you anymore. They're reserved for others. And those guests had to leave in a bit of humiliation, a little bit of snickering from the tables around, but see that table was reserved for someone else. I can't help but think of John standing at the cross 
Remembering what he and his brother had asked for when they asked to sit at Jesus' left and right when Jesus was lifted up in his glory. See, as John stood there next to Mary, looking up at the cross, seeing thieves on Jesus' left and right. Looking at his Messiah crowned with a crown of thorns and throned upon a cross-shaped throne there as the Messiah, the anointed one, doing what he had to do as a leader who would be servant of all. You see, in Mark's gospel, as you hear that phrase of left and right, you hear it when James and John ask for it, and then the next time you hear that phrase is when Mark writes about the thieves on Jesus' left and right at the cross. Standing there, looking up at his Lord, with those thieves on his left and right, seeing what it means for the Messiah to be a servant, seeing what it means for him to be a ransom for many. You see, Jesus forced James and John to wait. They didn't get to sit where they wanted to sit in that moment. He was going to have them see what it meant to lead as servants as he would then send them into leadership in the church, but now they're going to be able to lead with a different perspective, knowing what it looks like to see God's compassion and love for them in action, knowing what it means for the Messiah to be a ransom for many, knowing what it means to be a servant. Not to be served, but to serve, to take care of the needs of others. You're sent with that same perspective. See, you have been taken care of fully and completely by Jesus. See, as he died as that ransom for us to buy us back from Satan and sin and to release us from that lordship and put us under his own lordship and leadership, we see what it looks like to serve. So as we're sent out, we know that we can serve others without taking. We can help before we hurt because everything's been done for us in Christ. You see, you have been baptized with his baptism. You've been baptized into Jesus' death and his resurrection. His life is your life. His righteousness is given over to you freely. You don't have to drink the cup of wrath which he drank on your behalf, but no, you get to drink from the cup of promise, from the cup of life that is freely given to you because of the shed blood of Jesus which paid as a ransom for you. Amen. You pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life that you give us in Jesus. We thank you that though he deserves all glory, laud, and honor, he still died in our place. We pray, Lord, that you would continually have us look to the cross before we look to the glory. To know that that glory is not ours to take, but it's Glory that was won by Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. And then he hands it over at the right time. And we pray, Lord, that you lead us by your grace and mercy to speak of that truth of Jesus to all those whom you bring into our lives. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.